Welcome to No Compromise Radio, a ministry coming to you from Bethlehem Bible Church in West Boylston. No Compromise Radio is a program dedicated to the ongoing proclamation of Jesus Christ. Based on the theme in Galatians 2 verse 5, where the Apostle Paul said, But we did not yield in subjection to them for even an hour, so that the truth of the gospel would remain with you. In short, if you like smooth, watered-down words to make you simply feel good, this show isn't for you. By purpose, we are first biblical but we can also be controversial. Stay tuned for the next 25 minutes as we're called by the divine trumpet to summon the troops for the honor and glory of her king. Here's our host, Pastor Mike Abendroth. Welcome to No Compromise Radio. This is Steve Cooley, the Tuesday guy, and I've got Roshad Hendricks on the phone. How are you, brother? Hey, Steve. Well, good to talk to you, Tuesday guy. I'm very well. Happy, blessed, healthy, well. Uh, just, just amazing God's grace in my life. Good. Well, I I have the uh, privilege of having met Rashad on a few occasions, and if you don't follow him on Facebook, you're you're really losing out because uh, I learn stuff just uh, following him on Facebook. So, um, I I thought what I would do is just ask you because well, let me just ask you this first: Are you uh, a pastor? I am not. I'm a lay guy. Okay. Are you an ordained elder? I am not. Okay. Um, are you a deacon? I am not. Man, what is wrong with your church? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, because I think your your uh, level of knowledge is going to become evident as we talk here, and so I just uh, I think, man, oh man. Dude, dude needs to be doing something. Okay, so let me just ask you, let's start off with an easy one. I know that you have been to a number of Bible conferences, because I've met you at a few of them. Um, which one do you like the best, and why? Oh, man. Starting uh, off with a good one. Uh, yeah, so I've been to Shepherd's Conferences, uh, actually the first two times that I went. I was with my father, uh, who, who's also on Facebook, Rod Hendricks. Uh, he's a pastor. Um, and he put me on to J-Mac, Johnny Mac. And so we went to the Shepherds Conference uh, twice, back-to-back years. That was back in, I think, 06 and 07. And then uh, had a long layoff and then went back again two times. Uh, so we've been to Shepherds Conferences. Uh, we've been to G3, like you mentioned, uh, last year. That was my first three uh wife and myself went and then uh we also uh happened to go to Ligonier for the first time yep. and um Ligonier was my favorite and um and and I was trying to put my finger on why uh, as you you know you you asked that question uh, well thank you like, well why you know uh g three was good for what it was. I think with G three for me it was it was too many people. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, six six thousand. Yeah, you know. yeah, literally, and that may have been on the conservative side uh, uh, estimate. And I think the location with G three too, downtown Atlanta, uh, just packed and congested. Um, you know, not a whole lot of options as far as you know, you, you know, going to eat different things or whatever down in that area. Well, that's no slight against my Atlanta area friends. I love, I love all of, all of you guys. 
But the location with G3, the amount of people, Shepherd's Cough is great. You know, uh, lots of pastor friends out there. Um, you know, the scenery out there, not so much the Texas in, in, in Southern California, as you know. But the scenery out there is fantastic. I'm a scenery guy. I love natural scenery. I love just looking at God's creation. My wife does as well. And then, of course, the content. Content at G3, content at Shepherd's Conference, content at Ligonier. Uh, you know you're going to get good, solid theological content at all of those places. So I think what ended up... Go ahead, Steve. Well, I was just going to say, so So why do you lean toward Ligonier? Yeah, Ligonier, um, I, I think with Ligonier, it wasn't as big. It was at uh, the uh, First Baptist Orlando, I think, downtown, which I'm just guessing maybe 2,000 people total. Um, and then, you know, you're going to get, again, the good sound theology, solid theology, and the location there wasn't as many people. Um, so, I mean, if you're looking at it from the, the angle that I'm looking at it, uh, theologically, uh, doctrine-wise, everything is pretty much going to be even across the board with, with those conferences, you know, that we would attend anyway. So I would just say that the theological content at Ligon Near, the location, the people, a little bit of an older crowd, <laughs> older Presbyterian. Um, so, you know, you got that kind of vibe going on. And, uh, again, with all these conferences, but I think those are probably some of the things that put Ligon Near over the top for me first. You know, it's funny because... Janet and I have been to Ligonier a number of times, and uh, there, there have been occasions, it just seems like we would meet somebody on the first day or two that we're there, and then we would run into those people over and over and over again. It was like we couldn't get away, not that we were trying to get away from them, but uh, I, I remember one, one, one couple we ran into, and as we talked to them, we just thought, these people just don't seem like Ligonier folks, because they didn't really, you know, they didn't know all that much in terms of theology and stuff. So I find I find that kind of thing very interesting when I go to conferences. Well, let me ask you this. what What is it, you know, because I, I do follow you on Facebook, and, you know, you post a lot of uh, theology on Facebook, and what really was it that got you so interested in theology? Oh, yeah, that's a um, really good question. Um, I've been saying this about 04, uh, somewhere about there. And, um, you know, initially, as I was saved uh, by Lord Christ, you know, um, from maybe about 2004 to 2016, I would, I would oh, maybe not 2016, but probably 04 to 2013 is 12-ish. I would probably have been classified as Armenian as far as my theological uh, leanings. Uh, yeah. I, as far as I can remember, I traced it back to maybe 2013 is where I started. Uh, maybe 2012 started leaning more towards <clears throat> the uh, Calvinism, doctrines of grace, whatever you want to call it. I started reading more of those works. You know, uh, as I mentioned before, my father was always uh, very fond of Jay Mack and everybody who associated with him. So I started reading those guys heavy, um, and then. I would say that everything really just kicked into hyperdrive, Steve, and you'll remember this, uh, back in 2016 when the whole Trinity debate started. Mm -hmm. uh, that was kind of like a cataclysmic bomb explosion for a lot of people. For me, myself, personally, because that's when I really started to read about the, the history of our faith. 
I want to see what these guys were really getting at, what they were talking about. You know, what's the big deal about some of these things? And so I started reading heavy uh, historical works, straight to the sources, Augustine, uh, the, the Cappadocian Fathers, you know, some of the earlier um, post-Reformation guys, Reformation guys, Puritans, of course. You know, just reading historically uh, those guys, looking to see what they had to say about these weighty doctrines that we believe. And so uh, I would say from that point, 2015, 2016, and it's continuing up to now, I tell people any chance I get when we're talking about this, that for all intents and purposes, Steve, you know, it was like I went to school. And I'm still in school, you know, learning about these, these great uh, doctrines of our past and looking at that thread of orthodoxy to see, you know, well, what does the early church believe? How, what do the forerunners in our faith believe? Um, and so that's what I've just been doing, really, uh, since 2015, 2016, just reading those guys, seeing what they had to say, comparing it against Scripture, you know, weighing in and see if what they're saying is, in fact, you know, what the Bible declares. And um, so, yeah, I hope I kind of answered what you were asking me. Yeah. No, no, well, let me ask you this, just a follow-up question. Um, you know, I mean, you mentioned the Trinity, how do you stay motivated to do that kind of thing? And the reason I ask that is because, you know, a lot of people are just like, well, you know, I understand the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, you know, that's the Trinity. Three three persons, one one God, you know, that I, I don't even think they'd get into the essence very much. You know, one one God, three persons. Uh, I understand it. You know, next what how, how do you keep motivated to keep digging, just kind of kind of keep trying to hone and sharpen your understanding of the Trinity? Yeah. Um, I mean, because at the end of the day, what are we trying to do? What is Christian's goal? Christian's goal is to know God. You know, first great commandment, love God. I mean, it starts with God. Um, and we see it at the beginning of our, our, our Bible, and this is one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we're put in this position where, you know, we have a creator who created us. He has authority, control over us. We need to understand who this being is, who is in this lofty position, uh, just in a whole different class from us. And so um, specifically, though, about the Trinity, if we're honest, you know, it's intimidating to a lot of people, I, I think. And I think that a lot of us uh, are content with what you just said. Okay, well, we know uh, one God. The Bible declares that a hero is the Lord our God is one. You know, we know we just worship one God, yet we also see as, as it unfolds that this one God is also three, these three persons. You know, so... Um, and that's enough for a lot of us. But as you continue to feel layers back from a lot of different things, you'll, you'll start to see that a lot of groups and a lot of uh, other people who were claimed to be Christian or, or, you know, look somewhat like Christian would likely say the same thing. And this kind of uh, going to, you know, a, a little bit of the, the current triple around the, the Trinity about subordinationism and submission in, in the Godhead. So, 
again, going back to history, it, it's important because we had debates around the nature of God historically. I see a Chalcedon, which refers more to the nature of Christ, but, I mean, it all ties back into us own way. And so it has implications for your theology in every other area. You know, so if you believe, well, you know, there's different um, there's different wills in God, so there, the God, God that we know is like a community of persons that kind of just cooperate and always happen to agree with one another. You know, but these are the same people who would say that they believe what you stated, one God, three persons. Right, right. So, I mean... So, it, uh, it becomes more, it, it really becomes more, you know, uh, and we're attempting to understand uh, a being that's infinite. We're finite. You know, we're never going to get to the end of him. That's right. So we, we can't exhaust him. So, um, you know, continuing to, by his grace, by his power, to want to know him, you know, um, uh, that's my prayer. Well, I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what it's like, like, let's just say I show up at your church on Sunday morning and I happen to sit next to you and, you know, we greet one another and whatever, and the sermon's over and the singing's over and everything's done. And, you know, you just turn to me and you say, hey, uh, what was your first name? And I say, Steve. And you go, yeah, why don't you explain the Trinity to me? I mean, you know, in other, in other words, do you ever like like talk to to lay people, you know, that you're that you're near at your church and just, you know, encourage them to learn theology and or or do you just like intimidate people yourself, you know, just because you're so well read? Um, you know, do do people like run away from you as soon as you start talking about uh, you know, different councils or, you know, you start citing the Athanasian Creed or what or whatever you're doing, you know, I mean, does that just like what do people think? Yeah. So um, I'm blessed to be a member at the church where I'm at, Grace Community Church here at Jack's, with my pastor is Justin Kidder. Uh, and we also have a seminary uh, uh, that is uh, that, that we're a campus of. And so uh, you have some of the, the guys who are in seminary. So they're already, you know, thinking about some of these things. And it, and it trickles down, you know, to the rest of the congregation. So as far as... You know, if people kind of just maybe shy away from it, maybe, you know, I'm not naive enough to think that everybody, you know, is going to have a certain level of interest with with it, you know. Um, but by God's grace, again, um, being where I'm at, being where we're at as members, you know, uh, you get the questions and you get the opportunity to have discussions about it. And... um and one of the good things about it is, you know, that people ask questions and, you know, you have these discussions, these very fruitful discussions. And it's like you could kind of start seeing, you know, God open their eyes to it. And uh, that's what gives me great joy. You know, I, I always tell people, you know, anytime I talk to them, I say, hey, you know, just, you know, we'd be crazy to think that we're going to, be able to sell, for lack of a better word, everybody on what we're saying, you know, or, or what we, we believe the Bible to be saying. You know, but if, if just one person sees God rightly, I am so grateful, you know, to God. Hmm. And 
by his grace, I've, I've been able to see that occur. And one of the things that I like to do when I'm in conversation with some of the brothers from church, you know, I, I like to keep, you know, copies of John Owen's book, The Glory of Christ. And that is the one book that I recommend first and foremost uh, to anyone who, you know, say, hey, you know, what you reading? What, what's going on with this? You know, uh, what did you, how did you come to believe what you believe here? It sounds like what this person here is saying is right about the Trinity. Well, why do you, don't you see that? You know, and I'm able to, again, have discussions like you said, but I'm also able to give them something, you know, that little volume, that's like a hundred pages. He said, hey, read this. That was the, the book that God used, you know, uh, of course I'm assuming scripture, you know, that God used to, you know, light that fire underneath to want to know him more. Hmm. And the way it's laid out and explained, uh, how, how God used Owen to explain Christ in his two nations. It, it, two nations united in one person and how, you know, Trinity is a, you know, it, it's, it's something that, um, you know, it's, for lack of a better word, it's, it's just mind-blowing to me. It, it's so interesting to me that, um, you know, the people... Just the, there are so many people, even teachers, pastors, who seemingly have little regard, you know, for anyone, you know, before the 20th century, you know, any Christian author before the 20th century. Um, so, you know, you mentioned John Owen, you know, Puritan, older writer, you know, uh, solid, but it, but it's like, People don't want to struggle and read that kind of material these days. Uh, you know, I was just talking to Mike the other day, and he said he was reading 10 pages a day of Owen, which, you know, I mean, 10 pages a day of anybody doesn't sound like that much until you read Owen, and then you go, yeah, 10 pages a day is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's not, you know, he doesn't write like, uh, let's see, who's a really breezy kind of, well, I mean, like I can read Sproul, you know, I mean, it's just easy to read him, um, you know, because he, he kind of writes like I think. And some of these older guys don't, uh, don't do that because they're older, right? I mean, they wrote hundreds of years ago. Um, well, well, let me ask you this. Well, another easy question. I mean, I'm actually, I'm going to dial it down and give you an easier one. Uh, how what do you do in your local church? How are you serving in your local church? Yeah, so um we do uh right well right now we do um we do we work with the welcome team is one function that we do. My okay. wife and I okay. we like to have couples that work with the welcome team, welcoming new people, uh, you know, functioning in that capacity. You know, we're getting ready to change our uh Sunday school curriculum. Uh, now moving to a different Sunday school curriculum. Uh, so um, specifically for the children's church portion of it. So um, working on changing the curriculum there with, with uh, the elders there who are overseeing that and get ready to work more in that area with the kids. Okay, so do, you, so do you think you'll be teaching in Sunday school? Is that... Yes, yes, yes. And that's, again, a, a joint thing that we have. It's a really smaller kids, the youth. Uh, in there from 6th grade to 12th grade, uh, the youth pastor 
uh, will teach them on Sundays separately. And then you have the kids who are fifth grade to kindergarten uh, separated out into classes. And so uh, you have individuals in each of those classes, adults in those classes, going over the lessons that we have. Okay. Okay. Now, how, how uh, I guess this is somewhat related to things I've asked you before, but let me see if, if we can bring something else out of it. When you study these kind of things, I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, you're on the welcome team, which is great, right? I mean, one of the things that we hear about uh, with Calvinistic kind of reformed churches is that, you know, they're just not friendly or, um, you know, I just didn't get a friendly vibe. Of course, I get the opposite too. I get people who tell us all the time, this happens a lot. I can't believe how friendly the church was. I can't, you know, all these kind of things. But um, when when you're on the welcoming team and you've been reading, you know, John Owen or uh, I, I don't know, who have you been reading lately? Who are some people that you've been reading lately? Oh, goodness, man. Steve, I'm... Man, I there's so many people. I'm I'm in and out of books. I, at this point, I'm not. Honestly, I don't look to complete books per se. Um, I go and read different sections of books. I'm always in the systematic. So I got a uh, Turretin sitting on my uh, table now, history volume, and I'm in and out of that. I'm going through Henry Law's book. You may have seen some stuff about that. Henry Law's book, Christ is All, where he, uh, it's kind of like a devotional where he's going through the Pentateuch. Um, it's like 500 something pages. Uh, so going through that, reading what he had to say. Uh, I was just in Glenn Butner's book, uh, the book that he just made, uh, or that he just wrote. Um, what is it called? Trinitarian Dogmatics. Yeah, which you Best forced book me. I've read this year. Which you forced that, me to buy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, good. I'm glad that, that you did. <laughs> and then I just uh, came out of um, Biblical Reasoning by Whitman and who is it? Whitman and Johnson, I think. I, I don't know, but if I, go on, if I go over to my office, I can pick it up because you also forced me to buy that one. I'm yeah, like, that, to me, that's the best book I've read this year. I, I did go through that one. I'm on the Rashad bandwagon yeah. right now, you know, so... Roshad that's, says, "But one of the, the most." You, you say buy something, man, I go okay. You know, man, listen, I hey, I get recommendations from everybody, and we just pass it around. Oh, that's what the body does. So, so um, well, well, so yeah. so let, because we're we're gonna um, bump up for this episode, we're gonna bump up against the clock here in a, a minute or two. I'll let you know, but if if you would just for our uh, audience here, if you would just kind of briefly uh, explain the gospel. What would you say, like, let, like let's say I was a visitor at church, uh, you know, and you were on the welcome team and you wanted to give me the gospel, what would you say to me? Yeah, um, good question, man. And that is the quintessential question that everybody has to, to ask and answer. So uh, we talked about, oh, I brought it up earlier, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Then we get to Genesis chapter 2. You know, uh, God made man, a formed man from the dust of the ground, and breathed the breath of life in it, into his nostrils, and, and, and man became a living being. Automatically, from the very beginning of the existence of man, man is put in a servant position to a higher authority. Somebody has created man. 
And because somebody has created man, the one who created man has authority, dominion, power, ownership, rulership over man. And that means that man is accountable to the one who's created. So what happens as we go into to the biblical narrative as it continues to unfold. Well, God gave man these laws, okay, mm-hmm. and commands, you know, honor your mother and father and so on and so forth, by stealing, coveting, murdering, lying. You know, these are what man are expected to abide by and abide by without fail from this creator, from this one who created it. And so we see Jesus come. Jesus comes and he explains it in greater detail. Hey, it's not so much that you do these things, but you even think these things, you're in trouble. You have sinned against the one who created you. You have sinned against God. Okay, we only got 20 seconds. Now, oh, I'm sorry. And so, man, now you're in trouble. Well, wait a minute. If, you, if the wages of sin is death, as it says in the book of Romans, then what are you going to do? How are you going to be able to stand before God if you have sinned against God? You've broken this commandment in thought, action, deed, however. Well, then that's the purpose for Jesus coming. You know, repent of your sins. You trust in Christ. You believe in his finished work on the cross, and he has atoned for your sins if that is you. If you repent of your cross, believe in him, trust in him, cling to him, hold to him, trust in the word that he has done. And he will save you from eternal torment. Preach it. So it's based on his life, death, and resurrection. Amen. Period. Okay. No Compromise Radio. No Compromise Radio. We'll be right back. No Compromise Radio with Pastor Mike Abendroth is a production of Bethlehem Bible Church in West Boylston. Bethlehem Bible Church is a Bible teaching church firmly committed to unleashing the life-transforming power of God's Word through verse-by-verse exposition of the sacred text. Please come and join us. Our service times are Sunday morning at 1015 and in the evening at 6. We're right on Route 110 in West Boylston. You can check us out online at bbcchurch.org or by phone at 508 835 Three, four hundred.